back to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. While I am still a little bit stuffy, I'm starting to feel better. Hopefully my voice sounds a little better. I don't sound quite as nasally as I did in the very shortened last episode, Down with the Sickness. I want to remind everybody that now that we are coming up on the 100th episode of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast, as I have been warning you guys for months and months, that this episode and the next episode, so this is episode 98, are going to be best of episodes of more recent ones. So this particular episode today, this week, this is going to be the best of episodes 52 through 74. And then, of course, if you can do the math, next week will be episodes best of 75 through 97. Last week's episode, if there's anything worth taking from the Down With The Sickness shortened episode. If you are a new listener or you're just now discovering the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast during these best of episodes, I would encourage you to please go back, listen to the episodes in their entirety while I am grabbing what I consider to be maybe the funnier or the funniest clip from some of the episodes. It doesn't mean that many of the episodes, hopefully pretty much all of them, are relatively entertaining from beginning to end. So there's a lot for you to catch up on. I appreciate you checking it out and tuning in. Also, much love to all of my routine and regular listeners who have been with me since the beginning or just jumped on somewhere along the way and have just stayed for the ride. Don't forget, you can go follow me on social media on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. And without further ado, let's go ahead and start out with some of the best clips from episodes 52 through 74. Have fun. And of course, everybody that does not live in the Eastern time zone in the United States, everyone else, they get kind of screwed out of the celebration of Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's. Even if they delay the broadcast and start it so that it shows the ball dropping at midnight, they know that shit already dropped three hours ago. This is false advertising. That's bullshit. And now we have Mr. Ryan Seacrest. I believe he's still the one filling in. Well, not filling in anymore because Dick Clark ain't doing no more Rockin' New Year's. As a matter of fact, he should have stopped long before he did. They should not have been putting him on camera. Every year, it was like watching someone slowly have a stroke at the same time as receiving an Alzheimer's diagnosis. It was horrible. Killed his legacy, in my opinion. Showmanship, George. When you hit that high note, you say goodnight and walk off. Can't just leave. It's the way they do it in Vegas. You never played Vegas. I hear things. I don't know if it was the last year that he did it. God, I hope it was. But there was one year where they were counting down from 10, and he got confused. I mean, he could barely speak as it was. It was like, two. No, not two yet, dick. I'm not sure exactly what he did, but it was... It was something that was just like, this is the most basic thing that you need to contribute as the host of this show is the 10 second countdown followed by the three words, Happy New Year. But he was not capable of even doing that. They should never, ever have put him in front of a camera. And shame on his friends and family for letting that happen. I understand it was part of the tradition, but he really wasn't doing that much. He was just kind of being shown occasionally. Ryan Seacrest was already handling the majority of the heavy lifting because Dick Clark could barely lift his fucking head and eyebrows. He certainly couldn't count backwards from 10. I hope he didn't get pulled over on the way home. It's like babies that breastfeed until they're five years old. They really don't need that tit any longer than they can get themselves on solid foods and a regular diet. I'm sure there are scientific studies that show that titty milk for a baby is perfectly healthy and natural up until the age of 47. Yay! I'm of the opinion, and I'm not one that can even breastfeed, but on behalf of women, I am of the opinion that once a baby starts cutting teeth, breastfeeding should stop. If your breastfeeding has ever ever bordered on the edge of BDSM, then you've probably been breastfeeding a little too long. 
I'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of escalators. Despite the fact that I'm a musician and I feel like I have excellent timing, there's something about an escalator that just, uh, I'm so unsure. Is this when I should step on? And I always step off way too early with a big, long stroke because I'm afraid if I wait too long, it's just going to suck my feet in through the teeth at the top or the bottom, depending on whichever way I'm going. I don't like escalators. They're cool in, you know, the way that they work. They're cool to look at and watch how they operate. I do not like stepping foot on them. I remember this was when I started doing DoorDash earlier in 2021, and I was trying different areas that aren't close to my home because I thought they would be more lucrative. Turned out wasn't really the case and wasn't worth my gas to drive to those areas. However, I was in a mall. I didn't realize that the food place that I had taken an order from was in the mall. Another problem with being in an area that you don't know is that you're not familiar with what is on what corner. So I did not realize that this basic fast food restaurant was also located in the mall and it had taken me to the mall location and it was on the second floor in the food court. The up escalator was out of order. There was an elevator but due to COVID there was a four person limit restriction and there was a whole group of different two to four people groups standing outside the elevator waiting for their turn. There was however a escalator that was functioning going down but I need needed to go up. There were stairs, but the stairs were not anywhere close by, so I would have to speed walk like a tenth of a mile to wherever the staircase was, and that would put me even further away from the food court. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to run up the down escalator. This is not... Not a good idea. And I will tell you, if you're someone like me that does not like trying to deal with the timing of escalators when they're going in the right direction, you don't want to deal with the timing of an escalator going in the opposite direction. Not to mention the fact that you're essentially like running and going almost nowhere. And then when you get to the top, it's you really have to make a long stretch or a leap. I'm not even really sure what Indiana Jones move I made to exit the down escalator as I'm running up it, but that's a very difficult thing to time, just like timing how you get on the damn thing. You almost have to jump two to three stairs up, because before you even start walking, that thing's going to be at the bottom again. And eat your fucking shoes and feet. I know, escalators aren't going to chew you up, but when I'm near or on an escalator, I assure you, those are vicious, feet-eating sons of bitches. But I managed to make it up that escalator. And on the bright side, I could use it going down. But now I am just sweaty as hell. I had just done this crazy workout running up an escalator that I had to go twice as fast as the escalator just to go normal speed. And then make this heroic leap off the end of the escalator because at no point could I actually get to where the top was since it was constantly making me lower. You son of a bitch. So a lot of people assign, you know, meaning to dreams like a dream must mean something. There has to be a reason I was eating a purple sock while riding on a boat made of popsicle sticks. No, there doesn't. Maybe your mind is just fucked up. Maybe it's an alternate reality. Simulation theory. Who knows? But again, going back to the meaning of dreams or having to assign a meaning to a dream, a lot of people would assume that a lot of your dreams have to do with your memory. However, a recent study showed that 80% of dreams contain low to moderate incorporations of autobiographical memory. So it's not a lot of memories. It's just random weird fucking shit, which is consistent with my dreams. I don't know about y'all, but my dreams, totally fucking weird. Hence the title of the episode, and you will hear about some of these weird dreams coming up soon. Before I get into my dreams, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and that is that. I don't like that phrase, that is that, but there's no other way to say it. That, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, and that is that researchers, oh, it's so ugly, I don't like it. Researchers have determined that there are 55 Buckle Up Kids dream themes. That's right. That's a phrase, a real phrase, dream themes. I am not even going to get close to discussing all 55 dream themes. 
a lot of them are like, yeah, okay, fine. Or maybe they could have been rolled into another dream. Can we not narrow this down, these themes? Do we need 55? Can we not find, like, just 25 dream themes? So along the lines of what I was just saying, the thing I will talk about first is the percentage of humans population-wise compared to the rest of life on Earth. I will tell you that these percentages that I found are based on finger quotes biomass metrics. I don't remember what biomass is to even tell you what it means. But again, Google that shit, do a little homework. So trees and plants, I mean, this isn't a huge shock, but trees and plants make up 82% of life on Earth. Now, a lot of you are thinking, yeah, but it's not like trees and plants can kill us. Really? There's no such thing as, you know, poisonous mushrooms, berries, a branch on a tree can't just kind of eventually and naturally rot away and fall and break off the tree and land on you as you're hiking and crush you? Yes, it can. We think we're so special because we have all these tools like saws and chainsaws and ways to kill and manipulate these plant life and trees. Then we can turn it into paper. That is true. But don't think we're necessarily better than any of the plants or trees. And don't forget that they take up 82% of all life on Earth. The next primary category with the largest population at 13% of the population is bacteria. Oh no, like COVID? Exactly like COVID. And a whole slew of other shit that is good for you or bad for you. There's some bacteria that's good. It's like if you eat yogurt, there's active bacteria in yogurt and it's good for your digestive system. But there's other bacteria out there that'll kill you real quick. Nothing you can do about it. Your opposable thumbs, your chainsaws, your guns, your medical science, not gonna fucking do anything about it. So the next primary category of life on Earth is animal life. Animal life comes in at 0.4% of total life on the planet Earth. It's not a ton, but when compared to human life, which comes in at 0.01%, that's a teeny, teeny, tiny little bit. I'm pretty sure there are certain poisons out there that are horribly lethal to you, but if there was only a 0.01% of that poison in your 12-ounce drink, you'd be perfectly fine. Wouldn't even give you farts. Here we think we're so special, we're so dominant, we are the ruling species on this planet, are we? Or are we just absolutely destructive and arrogant? Let's not forget that Joe Rogan is an entertainer. He is not a journalist. He is not a member of the news media. He's not a doctor. He's not a politician. He's not a teacher or a professor. He was the host of Fear Factor. He's very involved with UFC fights and doing, you know, pre- and post-match commentary and interviews with the fighters. Not really a UFC guy, so I'm not totally sure what he does, but something like that. But the fact is, when it's an entertainer, he does not carry pretty much any of the responsibilities of those other professions I mentioned. You can like him. You can dislike him. You can agree with him, you can disagree with him. You can listen to him, you cannot listen to him. Those are all your choices. But that's kind of the cancel culture stuff that we've gone through, where we're holding everyone to the same standard as politicians, teachers, doctors, news journalists. You think these news journalists aren't totally full of shit with a lot of the stuff they say they're trying to get the lead or they're trying to get the headline out before any other network, so they say something without 100% knowing that it's absolutely accurate? Yes, that happens. But I don't see Neil Young making an ultimatum for those people. Also, by the way, Neil, just going to let you know one of your most famous songs that you're well known for is Keep On Rockin' in the Free World. So the fact that you are causing an ultimatum as an artist to try and cancel another artist slash entertainer is so hypocritical and totally, totally messed up. So as you can tell from the fact that I've been reading quotes and I've got stats and figures and years and dates in this podcast, yes, 
yes, I did do show prep. I've got several pages of stuff. I will let you know when I do my show prep, I kind of break it out in chunks of portions of the conversation, and each one has kind of a quick title for the section, and then I just got some basic bullet points that I want to make sure I don't miss. The title of this section is Why Neil Young Can Suck a Dick. So again, let's point out, he has not been relevant in over 30 years in regards to new music. All of the shit that Neil Young is known for was written before I was born or while I was a teenager. I now have two adult children. So, yeah, it's been a while, Neil. Also, let's be honest, people. Neil Young's voice, not so good. Old man, look at my life. What the hell is that? What are you doing? I've never really been a big Neil Young fan. I do like uh, the song Hey Hey My My, but mainly because it was covered by a band. I think it's called Battle Me, Battle May. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it was uh, played during an episode of Sons of Anarchy. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then I was like, oh, that's where I've heard it before. It's Neil Young. And yeah, it's a cool song. It's kind of talking about Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols. So that's a cool little story and tribute that Neil did. But it's still got that same weird voice. Hey, hey, my, my. That's enough, Neil. Another reason why Neil Young can suck a dick? He's clearly arrogant. Putting that ultimatum out there, it just shows how out of touch with reality he is. And clearly does not understand the modern and current model of digital distribution when it comes to entertainment. Movies, songs, podcasts. So to think that his shit in 2022, his old ass dusty music. Hey, hey. To think that Spotify's stockholders are going to care more about that than somebody they just signed to an exclusive deal and paid a hundred million dollars. Neil, you're an idiot. And yes, you can suck a dick. My, my. Also, in addition to your arrogance, I've pointed this out, you are a hypocrite, Neil. You used to preach freedoms and rights and stand it up to the man. Guess what? You are now the man. With that bullshit ultimatum, you are the man trying to get other people canceled just because you disagree. Neil Young, suck a dick. Hey, hey. So obviously, if we're going to discuss smells on this episode, and if you know me well enough at this point, you know we're going to discuss poo-poo and pee-pee and farts. So let's just get right to it. Yay! So one thing in that regard, in regards to bodily waste, would be like public or shared bathrooms or even like porta-johns. I mean, porta-johns are always straight up nasty. If you walk into a clean porta-john, just the smell of the chemical, whatever that shit is that you're pissing and shit into stings the nostrils that already is a horrible smell i mean it's almost like they're saying we know that we're about to just basically have a large massive communal pile of shit and piss coming into this hole so we're going to hit you with a stench that far outweighs the offensiveness of the giant massive communal pile of shit and piss Thank you, Portageon people. But as bad as Portageons are, it's also, you know, you walk into a Portageon knowing this ain't going to be pleasant, but I really got to go. So you're prepared a little bit. That might make it not quite as bad. I don't remember what it was like the first time I went into a Portageon, but I have to imagine it was quite nightmarish because I was not prepared. You know, another aspect, again, like whether you're in a corporate office and you have, you know, like a men's room that's got multiple stalls and it's just always weird. I've discussed this, but it's always weird when you just go into a restroom to take a piss at a urinal and you see feet, you know, someone's in the stall and it's like, please, please just wait until I leave. Just hold that next nugget in for me just a little bit longer. Let me wash my hands, hear the door close, and then you can splatter that bowl as much as you want. But some people just don't care, or they have to go so bad that they just can't hold it in. But if you walk into a public restroom, like in a restaurant or a gas station, and it's a smaller restroom and there's less people in there to potentially use it, and you walk into an empty restroom, that right there is the easiest way to instantly determine the cleanliness of the restroom. And more times than not, the restroom smells Well, like a place where people make poo-poo and pee-pee. 
It is very rare to walk into a restroom, a public restroom, and be like, Oh, lavender. I'm looking forward to destroying that lavender scent with a 14-minute session on the ball. And let's be honest, a lot of times, if you have to take a shit in a public restroom, you really have to take a shit. I'm sure most people don't enjoy or prefer that over shitting in the comfort of their home. Sometimes we don't always have that convenience. And I've been in that situation where I'm in a stall making a dookie. And usually when that's happening and in a more emergent situation, that dookie might not be as healthy as I'd like it to be. Which means there's a chance that it's going to kick up just a bit more stank. And nothing's worse than sitting in there and just bathing in the vaporous fumes of filth wafting up from the bowl and knowing that you're forcing everybody else who walks into this bathroom for at least the next 30 minutes to endure the pungent nature of your butthole and your innards. And on the flip side, I don't like walking into the bathroom and having to smell another person's butthole and innards. It's just like farts, you know, farts. It's a lot easier to be more acceptable of the smell of a fart that is your own fart versus other people's farts. I'm sure there's a lot of similarity in the smell of farts from person to person. However, there's just something about it being someone else that makes it different. And you know, just like that hot 14-minute splatter session of an emergent nature, you know something's wrong in your belly when you blast your own fart just sitting there by yourself and instantly are like I have to move I have to go to a different area of the house this is too bad even for me that's when you know it's time to maybe see the doctor and yes diet and all these different things can affect the frequency of farting the flavor of the fart I'll be honest I am primarily farty in the morning it's very rare that I need to fart after you know the first hour of being awake very rare unless I were to eat something that would really prompt some fiarts however that first hour watch out I'm sure there are other attributes about me that you could make synonymous with being elderly, like my love of knitting and the fact that I wear Depends when I go to bed. Okay, that's a lie. I don't do either of those things. But yesterday, I threw my back out, and it was not pleasant. And as I sit here recording this, I am relatively uncomfortable and in pain because I have to sit upright in this computer chair. But we will get to yesterday's incident a little bit later. Let's rewind and discuss the first time I threw my back out. Or rather, Jeff's introduction to being elderly. So this would have been sometime around 2011, so a little over 10 years ago. And I had laundry that I needed to fold. The dryer was done. I took the basket to the dryer, and the plan was, as I always do, to just take the clothes out of the dryer, dump them into the basket, take the basket to the family room, then fold the clothes, and then systematically put them back in the basket to take them back upstairs and put away. Thank you for explaining how folding laundry works. But for some reason, reason on this occasion I thought hey maybe I can save time if I just fold the laundry straight out of the dryer and put it in the basket it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again so I bent over I grabbed an article of clothing I folded it I put it in the basket now it places the lotion in the basket I bent over again folded put it in the basket put the fucking lotion in the basket I repeated this several times and at one point I bent over to grab an article of clothing and realized I can't stand up. And that is how Jeff threw his back out the very first time. It places the lotion in the basket. I know that the invasion of Russia on Ukraine is not exactly the funniest topic I've ever covered, but I'm going to do my best to make this entertaining for both you and I. Or would that be you and me? Because you're supposed to take the you out, and how would it be? Make it entertaining for me. So for you and me, that's how it is. This English language instructional lesson was brought to you by pretentious people, pissing you off one sentence at a time since 1643. All right, so let's just start at the beginning. 
reading. We're going to just kind of start at the headline and work our way backwards, okay? So, as I've already mentioned, for you people with very short-term memory, Russia is invading the Ukraine. Ukraine is a neighbor to Russia. In fact, Ukraine borders on its east region against Russia and on its west region against the European Union, so a variety and collective of Western European countries. You know, the ones that are typically more democratic. But essentially, in Europe, there is still a very Eastern versus Western, I guess, methodology on how we do things up in this piece. So needless to say, the governmental and parliamentary, I hope that's the right word, but those buildings in Moscow, I'm guessing things run a little different behind those doors than they do in the governmental buildings in France. I can't say England because England, as we know, exited the European Union recently. That was what was known as Brexit. So if you ever heard of Brexit and you didn't know what that was, that was England no longer recognizing themselves as a part of this big union. I'm not going to get into details in the European Union. That would be way too boring. I know because I tried to look it up and woke up the next day in my computer chair. I'm kidding. But yeah, total snooze fest. We had the State of the Union address by President Biden. I'm not normally someone who takes the time to tune in to a State of the Union. I've watched several in my life, but it's not like, oh, I gotta watch the State of the Union. Get some nachos and beer. But I was a little interested in this one because it's happening right at the invasion of the Ukraine. And let's be honest, there's a good chance from an entertainment perspective that Biden was going to fumble some words. Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russell ruble. Pound of Ukrainian people. First, I will say that no one, well, no, not no one, there were a few people in the room at the State of the Union that were wearing a mask. These are our government officials who have been making us wear masks and go through mandates, and then they walk around with hundreds of people in one little space, elderly people, and pretty much no one wearing a mask. Hypocrites. Pieces of shit. Oddly enough, Biden still walks like to helicopters and planes in open fresh air on the White House lawn wearing a mask. It is a total move for the news, for the media, for PR. Why would he need to wear a mask on the White House lawn if he does not need to wear a mask in a room of 199 other elderly people? I don't know the exact count of how many people were in the room at the State of the Union address. I'm guessing it might have been a couple hundred. But they were also spacing seats out. It was like dude bros who go to see a movie at the movie theater when it's not sold out and they don't sit right next to each other. They leave that gap because otherwise that seems just a little too gay. I can't think of any other reason why people do that, but I've been with friends and dude bros, I guess, that don't want to be right next to me in a movie theater. I'm not going to, you know, make out with you. I don't like the way a goatee feels when it tickles my balls. Not speaking from experience, but that's where I'd put my money. So in the State of the Union, I will say that Biden did better than I expected. Like I said, I was expecting some gaffes, some stumbles. Yes, those were there, but this is a one dude talking for an hour and like 20 minutes. It's like a monologue. People who host Saturday Night Live are terrified probably. These are huge stars, but they're worried about having to go do a monologue in front of a much smaller crowd in a much smaller room on a much smaller stage. And their monologue might be four minutes. This was an hour and 20 minutes long of just him speaking. Well, and a lot of standing ovations. I hate that. Doesn't matter what president it is. Every four and a half seconds, half the room has to stand up and applaud. Just let the man speak. Not everything he says is standing-o-worthy. In fact, I would argue that none of what the presidents say deserves a standing-o. You can clap. You can nod. But standing up and down that free Frequently with the average age of the people in that room, I'm going to guess a few knees are going to need surgery tomorrow. 
Look at some of the ridiculously priced designer stuff. Like, ladies, you'll know this. Louis Vuitton, right? Louis Vuitton, the famous designer primarily of, like, handbags, purses, clutches, things like that. They do sunglasses and apparel, I'm sure. I don't know what all Louis Vuitton does. I'll be honest. For a long time, I didn't know the difference between Louis Vuitton and Louboutin, the shoes. I thought it was the same thing. It sounds so similar, and they're both crazy overpriced bullshit. Speaking of Louboutin, let me tell you, I did a little research, and a men's black Louboutin high-top sneakers costs about $1,300. $1,300 for high-top sneakers. For $1,300, those sneakers better arrive on my doorstep with a hooker in them. Louis Vuitton, the handbag maker, I looked up on there like what, what, like the cheapest, smallest thing they sell. They have a wallet about the same size as a men's bifold wallet. It's going to hold a little cash and a couple of cards. That's it. $630. Their purses, which weren't huge either, over three grand. Stupid. If I spent $3,000 on a purse, I wouldn't have anything to put in it. But it really is dumb how people waste so much money on something that they could get for a 20th of the price and does the same thing. Another stupid federal law is that it is illegal to leave the country with more than $5 in either pennies or nickels. That would be 101 nickels. If you leave the country with 100 nickels, everything's okay. If you leave the country with 101 nickels, that's a no-no. Even more so, this is considered a federal crime and is punishable by up to, get ready, five years in prison. 100 nickels, everything's cool. 101 nickels, five years in prison. Maybe Disney should make a movie called 101 Nickels instead of 101 Dalmatians, where it's a story about a guy who's trying to smuggle 101 Nickels. He's not a very good smuggler, clearly, and he gets arrested and we get to see the demise of his life, his relationships, his family. Sounds like a good, you know, family movie around Christmas time. But yeah, just keep that in mind, people. All you people who like to pay in nickels or pennies, there's a limit, legally. Finally, the last federal law I will discuss is a law that states, and I quote, no person may engage or attempt to engage in any weather modification activity in the U.S. Okay, so there's a law stating that you cannot be a James Bond villain and somehow create a tornado or stop the rain or cause the rain. Not even sure that's possible with science. And obviously, I mean, if you're able to do something like that, that's pretty evil. I mean, clearly that has to have a pretty big prison term attached to it. Incorrect. It is not a crime that will result in any prison time. However, you could get slapped with a fine of up to $10,000. So let's, let's just slow down. Let's look at this. In perspective, if you leave the country, if you go from America to Canada or America to Mexico, you could do that in a car, on a bicycle, on your feet, don't even need an airplane. If you cross or leave an American border with more than $5 in either pennies or nickels, you can go to prison for up to five years. If you shoot magical lasers into the sky and force tornadoes and hurricanes to appear over major cities in the United States, you're getting a fine. Up to 10 grand. I'm going to assume if you have the ability to change the weather and you own all of that scientific hardware and software and machinery and devices, 10,000 bucks? Eh, not so bad. Because if you look at Tinder and dating apps and just that stuff alone, I mean, there's got to be a lot more people knocking boots with no intention of ever seeing that person again, or definitely not ever telling them I love you or being in a relationship or getting married. I'll be honest, I don't use any of that stuff because I don't like the philosophy and the ideology behind it. I think it's absolutely disgusting to treat people, human beings, 
Like they're able to be judged or quantified based simply on what they think their best profile picture is. Because that's what happens in these apps. People see that first picture and within one second make a decision. Nope. I don't know if people give it more thought when they say, yep. I would like to think that they do, but I would also like to think that people would give it more than a second when they say, no. Yep, 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 yep. And let's be honest, pictures aren't necessarily a true representation of that person or their beauty. And I'm not talking just beauty on the inside, I'm talking about their actual external beauty. I have met a lot of very attractive people who just suck at taking pictures. And you see their pictures and you're like, and then you meet them in person and you're like, wow. She's hot, but there's also a lot of people out there that are a little bit, pardon the term, fugly, but they know how to take a picture from eight feet above, hiding all of their chins, using a variety of filters to smooth out all of the blemishes, and a complete misrepresentation of what they actually look like. So, making that snap judgment on someone just based on one picture, let me assure you there's a very low likelihood that you're getting exactly what you think you're getting based on that picture. But you have no problem treating these people like cattle. Before we get into space launches and all that crap, I want to point out something. Our moon, it is a really stupid fucking name. Our moon is called the moon. We didn't even name our own moon. In our solar system that we know of, there are 219 moons. Many planets have many moons. We have one. Scientists have named all 218 moons except for our moon. And instead, we just call our moon the moon. That would be kind of like having a baby and calling it human Smith or person McGillicuddy. Now, I don't know that I have any suggestions or ideas for what our moon should be called. But the fact that it's just called the moon sucks. Kind of the fact that our planet is called Earth. I mean, that's what we call dirt. It's what we call the substance on the surface of our planet is Earth. And that's just what we also call the giant ball. That is our planet is Earth. For some reason, we like naming every other fucking thing out there. Stars, asteroids, meteors, moons, solar systems, galaxies, coronavirus variants. (coughs) But our actual planet and the moon that orbits it. Yeah, we're not going to bother with the name. Just call it the moon. There will be people getting married on Mars. There will be babies born on Mars. And when those babies come back to visit the Earth, they're actually going to have to wear a special exoskeleton because the gravity on Mars is different than Earth. It's lower. So the gravity of Earth is going to be difficult for that baby who's only lived on Mars to manage. So they will need something to help support their body. That's weird. You know, right now we always think about, you know, with the moon or with Mars or places with a lower gravity that it's easy. Like, for example, when astronauts or settlers or scientists arrive on Mars, it's going to be a lot easier for them to carry the equipment around that they need to carry because there's less gravity. So shit will be lighter. But imagine going somewhere where that gravity is way stronger. Kind of like the reverse Superman effect. You know, that was the whole reason why Superman is able to fly is because the gravity on Krypton was so strong that when he got to Earth, like he could just boing, bounce up into the air. He doesn't technically fly. I know he does in the movies and the TV shows, but the science behind Superman in the comics, he wasn't really flying. He was jumping. He could just jump really high really far. That's why there was the phrase in the, look, it's a bird. No, a plane. No, it's Superman. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. He didn't fly to the top of the building. He leapt to the top of the building with a big old jump. He would totally wreck the Olympics if he were to get into like a long jump competition or something like that. It would almost be as unfair as, you know, like, let's say a man swimming and competing in a female swim race. All right, I'm not going to go down that route. But yeah, Elon Musk definitely plans to not only start sending people to Mars, but colonizing Mars, having people live there again, making sure humanity survives in the event that there is some global event with Earth. And that could happen, whether we cause it ourselves or whether there's some meteor that 
that comes in and crashes again. Please see the movie Armageddon if you haven't already. So what is Jeff Bezos trying to do? What's his long-term plans? He plans to basically create Amazon for space. What a douchebag. I want to say he already owns the domain name like AmazonMars.com or something like that. So he plans to send shipments of shit on a Blue Origin shuttle or spacecraft to the people that are living on Mars. So essentially the shit that they need, they're going to order from Amazon Mars. It's just going to take a little longer than, you know, one to two days to arrive on their doorstep. And long term, there's going to be an Amazon space station that orbits outside of Mars that can actually manufacture things on that space station and then drop shipments down to Mars. So basically, Jeff Bezos, he's just a big old capitalist cuckold. Okay, so one guy was crushed by porn. This is how he died. All right, so crushed here- by corn. <laughs> Cornhole? (laughs) Porn. Oh. Porn. Okay. So he, this is how he died. So a Japanese man, he was 50 years old. Yeah. Dirty Japaneses. (laughs) He was found six months after his 13,000 pound stash of porn magazines fell on him. Jeez. Yes. So his cleaners came to tidy up his apartment. Wait, how long was it that he was? Six months. His cleaners fucking suck. (laughs) Once every, like, biannual cleaning? I, I guess so. In a house that must have been just covered with semen. Yes. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Blacklight it. That's not an eggshell paint color. Ugh. Those walls used to be green. Could you imagine, though, having that much porn of magazines? Like, Well, that's the problem with a magazine is you go through it and they don't move, so you just, you need to keep adding magazines. I grew up in- Do a flip book of it. <laughs> Well, Flipbook would be awesome, but I grew up in the era where, you know, that was still Playboy, Penthouse, the Uh Sears catalog. Excuse me? Yeah. In the Sears catalog in the front was the women's clothing section, and... They were risky? There were women in brawls. Oh. And maybe some lingerie. This was back before, like, Victoria's Secret... Easy for me to say. Victoria's Secret was, like, sending catalogs to people. Okay. Yes, it was very commonplace for boys of my age to manipulate themselves to the brawl section of the Sears catalog. Ooh, brawls. And then you put that Sears catalog back on the coffee table. Because you don't want anyone knowing. No, it's, and it's all wet and sticky. Well, I have aim. <laughs> I'm not just fire hosing all over the bathroom and everything I'm holding. Okay, so the next one is a plunge of passion. So in 2007, a couple from Columbia, South Carolina, fell to their deaths after being naked and banging on an office rooftop building. Those idiots. It sounds like the episode where Jim and Pam on The Office went up on the roof and had grilled cheese. Had they been banging, it could have ended poorly for them. Did they stick their penis in the grilled cheese? No. Oh, boring. Okay, so <laughs> they were found by a taxi driver in the middle of a empty street at 5 a.m., so they were naked as hell. That would be awful. Was he still inserted? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we'll just go with they were. That would okay. be fun. All right. This one is half-day orgy ends in tragedy. So a Russian man died in 2009 after completing a 12-hour orgy with a female with female pals. Who bet him over $4,000 that he couldn't keep it going for a half a day. So he took a bunch of Viagra, and then when he was done with the task, he had a heart attack. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) of course. Viagra is going to raise your blood pressure anyway, and they already tell you that if you have 
an erection for longer than four hours that you need to seek a doctor. Because if you don't, the reason they tell you that, I don't know the exact science behind it, but essentially that amount of blood flow to the, will be technical and medical to the penis, um, but that amount of blood flow for that long of a time can cause permanent damage to the cockles and make it difficult. Um, I think they may even like have to amputate it if it stays erect too long because it, it like fucks up the blood flow. They can't just draw the blood out? I mean, I, well, that's what you would have to do after four hours. They would have to oh. relieve it. But what I'm saying is we're talking 12 hours. Ugh. So he tried to, you know, keep a stiffy for three times the maximum length that he should have done it. So even if he hadn't had a heart attack, probably would have had to have his willy lopped off. Oh, so my God. That sounds horrible. I hope that orgy was worth it. <laughs> All right, so first we're going to discuss the birth of Jeff, like oh one of the God. most glorious days in the history of mankind. Mm-hmm. So I understand there was a Boston cream pie that was related to my birth. Yes. Uh, you were due July 31st, mm-hmm. and now we're into August 9th, and no Jeffy has arrived. Well, at that time, we didn't know. Don't if you call were, me Jeffy. Or we didn't else know, the F word's coming out. We didn't know if you were a boy or a girl, because back then it was just guesswork. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, even when I was born, they still didn't know if I was a boy or a girl. <laughs> I was a late bloomer. Anyhow. I had an innie. So I had made a Boston cream pie, and I was very depressed. So that night I watched a movie late and sat in the living room in the rocking chair that I was going to rock you in and ate pretty much the entire Boston cream pie. And there wasn't room. And I figured there just was not a room, not enough room, so Jeff did come out the next day. So I am the product of Boston cream pie. So if I have any listeners in Boston, you you can consider (laughs) me a somewhat of a relative. Oh, Jeff. Um, and, you know, oddly enough, like when I used to do stand up comedy, mm-hmm. like, you know me, I'm not a big fan of like celebrating my birthday. My kids not to know, know not to tell me happy birthday on my birthday or even acknowledge Why? it. Why? I just, it's so stupid. It's, but I call and sing to you every I year. I know you do. All right. You're one of the few people. I My whole goal every year is to get through my birthday with the least amount of happy birthdays as possible. But in my comedy routine, like I, I liken it to, it's just, it's so random, just like you said. Like, I was supposed to be born on July 30th, but it was August 10th. 31st. Huh? July 31st. July 31st. Anyway, look at her. She's already correcting me. <laughs> Little tic tacky mommy. <laughs> but, you know, it's just so random, and it really all it is is it's celebrating the escape from your mother's vagina. I mean, that's really what Jeffrey, it boils down we're to. we're not going there. <laughs> well, I'm not going there. I've been there, and that's the last time <laughs> ever. Move on. <laughs> Well, and speaking of directions, let's fast forward to when you were living in uh, outside of Savannah, Georgia, and there for a while you had this wise idea that you might be able to give people tours of Savannah. Oh, so, you're not going to bring that up, Oh, are I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> I wasn't planning on it. It's not in my notes, but now that you're talking about oh, shitty for- directions... So we, I, the kids, my kids, Zoe and Skylar, they were still in car seats. They Three were Three and four. Okay, so they were little. So I'm driving, okay? Yeah, you had a van. Yep, and you were in the front seat. You well, had, let me back up. Okay. When I moved down there, I went on the trolley tour in historic Savannah. Mm-hmm. And I took yeah. oh, notes. Oh, I can do this. I took notes. While I was going to save money, when family came down to visit, I could take you on the t- a driving tour myself. Mm-hmm. So I took notes. I got little books. I read up on the history. I had it all typed up and ready to go. So I'm in the passenger seat, and you're driving, and Zoe and Skylar are in the back. Mm-hmm. So, and then the first thing that we were supposed to see was the pirate house, the famed pirate house, which is supposed to be haunted. And that was the starting point of your tour. And you've got just pages and pages of notes and where to turn. Exactly. Here's Forrest Gump's bench and all this stuff. Right. So we drive past the pirate house. Right. Then we go to... We only went like two blocks. Where your notes were to take us to our first turn. Right. To get us into actual historic Savannah. Correct. We realized that that turn was a one-way in the opposite direction and you're like oh wait i must have messed this up hold on just go up here and turn around we went back to the pirate so we went back to the pirate house started over when i did the tour and i had a little map in front of me i didn't realize the streets were so many streets were one way right so i didn't take that into consideration 
So, so you didn't actually home. drive the tour. You just no, plotted you, it out. You, right. So, and then we drive back to the pirate house. We're starting over from right. scratch. Right. And so then we start proceeding again. And Got two blocks. Something happened where now... It was us- the same thing. We went two blocks and I didn't know what to do. Okay. So then we turned around again. Well, at this point, you saw the horse and buggy tour and you wanted to ask the guy for directions. And I wouldn't <laughs> well, let you. Probably should have. And Zoe in the back seat, who was only four, mm-hmm. said, Nana, do you actually know where you're going? <laughs> Which the answer is no. Well, I was getting a little ticked at that time. Right. And then we 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 did manage to complete the tour, but... No, we didn't. We didn't finish? No. Oh. No, because we had to go back to the pirate's house again. I know, but I thought after that we kind of got back on track. No, because I think that's when Zoe made her comment to me, and I just got mad and said, let's go home. Okay. So we went home, and Bob was not with us. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you couldn't wait to tell him about the mess. I mean, we couldn't do the tour because it was just all screwed up. Right. So you couldn't wait to tell Bob about it, so he named it... Brenda's Fucked Up Tours. No, he's... Well, yeah, Brenda's, I call Brenda's F'd up tours of Savannah, yes. But that's not what he called it. Well, no, I'm sure he didn't. Right. And so then for... Christmas. Pro- it was Christmas? Mm-hmm. So then for Christmas the following year, I had a custom t-shirt made for you. Well, for Bob. It yes. was like a double X or something that he would have fit into. Oh, yeah. That had your face. I took a picture. Smiling picture of A me. smiling picture of you. I kind of photoshopped everything, just, just your head at like a tilted yeah. angle. Mm-hmm. And it said Brenda's, like, it was, you know, effed, but it was, like, had asterisks and right. an ampersand. Brenda's effed up tour. Brenda's effed up tours. And then at the bottom, in quotes, it said, I saw the pirate house three times. Four times. Four times. All right. <laughs> and I threatened him if he ever wore it. I still have it. Yeah, I know. I remember. And, and I've since taken, I mean, people love it. Mm-hmm. I was, and when you came down last summer with Skylar. You insisted on taking us on an actual I tour. Because I had to redeem myself. You had to redeem yourself. But I have since, it's new and improved. We now go in the right direction on the right streets. Of course, it was pouring down rain when we did it last year. Yeah, that was And you also drove into like some culvert, <laughs> like right by the curb. It was just like, well, I there, didn't see it. there goes the mortgage, Martha. <laughs> It was like, <laughs> see, well, the whole so, car dips down and you just hear. <laughs> so like, so now when that? I do the tour, I drive and read the direct, I read the history and I, I'm doing the left turn, right turn, and I'm doing that while I'm driving. And if anybody. Oh, that sounds safe. Hey, everybody in Savannah, just look out for my mom who's well, taking no, notes on a notepad. <laughs> While driving into culverts. If anybody's ever been to Historic Savannah, you know the streets are tight. And there's people everywhere, and you've got horse and buggy, and you've got trolley tours and all right. this. So whoever sits in the passenger seat up front is in charge of watching out for pedestrians. Which, we I'll be honest, we didn't hit anybody. So no, that's, you were in the passenger that's seat. That's a plus. I drove and read the last time. Yeah. But then we also, there was like some like emergency going on that we were trying to avoid. Remember, oh, like the some... street was closed, so that messed me yeah. up. Yeah. So that's okay. But you redeemed yourself. Thank you. And of course, in the last five to 10 years with this whole shift to pronouns, we all know that for the most part, the pronouns being used are in reference to a sexual identification or a sexual orientation. Yet for some reason, the majority of society is totally fine with supporting the sexual identity of children who are way too young to be engaged in or thinking about anything sexual. If you have a eight-year-old going to school that says, I want to be identified as she, her, but it's a little boy, the teachers will absolutely respect that. Even if that little boy, let's say his name is Patrick, let's say he now wants to be called Martha and identify as she, her. Doesn't matter what the parents say, the teacher will respect that eight-year-old child even though there's no way that that child actually has any full grasp or understanding of what sexuality is, let alone a sexual identity. If Patrick feels like he's a homosexual, that's fine, but trying to identify as something completely different, it's a total fucking fad. I mean, I work at a school. I see it all the time. We have multiple kids that want to be referred to as other pronouns or 
completely different names than what their actual name is. And, you know, I respect that because, you know what, these kids, if their parents and their teachers and all that are supporting them, it's not necessarily the kid's fault. That's the world they've grown up in. But unfortunately, there's just all these people out there with, with these agendas of wanting to just embrace and accept everyone and everything for anything. And if you don't, you're a bigoted piece of shit that, of course, that's the culture these kids grew up in, that they're living in. They don't know any better. They don't have anybody just saying, uh, no, you're a girl, you're she, her, this is your name, that's what you're going to be called, period. If either of my kids had ever or ever came out to me now as being bisexual or gay, I would support them, I would love them. If they started to try and change their name or identify as something else or use some different pronouns, I would make it very clear to them, well, I'm not referring to you as that. If you want to try and get the rest of the world to do that, that's fine. I know what your name is. I know what your pronoun is because I saw your dick or your cooch when you came out of your mom. If you want to go through the extensive, expensive process of changing your sexual parts via surgeries and hormones and all of that, and you completely change yourself from a Ken to a Barbie or vice versa, all right, then I would be okay with allowing you to change a pronoun from he, him to she, her, or vice versa, but I'm not going to call you they, them, or Zizo, or Baba Booey, but I just find it enraging that if we thought this eight-year-old kid was actually engaging in sex on the playground during recess with another eight-year-old, we would be appalled. The teachers would be appalled. The parents would be appalled. The community would be appalled. These children would be labeled as sexual deviants. But if they want to represent themselves with a label or a pronoun or an identity based on sexual orientation or sexual ideologies, that's okay and fully encouraged and supported. That makes no fucking sense. And while I'm talking about pronouns, let's look at the hypocrisy of pronouns. And also, this points out how very much so this is related to sex and sexuality and sexual identification and sexual orientation. What if I walk into a small business here in Columbus, Ohio, a very liberal-minded business that is 100% supportive of people choosing whatever pronoun they want, identifying as whatever sex they want, and I put $100 worth of their product into my basket, and then I go up to the cash register, and they say, that'll be $100, please, and I put a rock on the counter. They go, what's that? And I go, that's my rock. It identifies as a $100 bell. They're not going to let me leave the building with $100 of their product in exchange for a rock because it's a fucking rock. It's not a $100 bill. Maybe this is a very loose analogy to explain what I'm saying, but things are what they are. You can't just have things willy-nilly identify as something that it simply isn't. Here's another example. Imagine the uproar if I applied for a scholarship at a university that is designated specifically for black African-American students. And I told them when they said, well, you can't apply for this. It's, it's for African-Americans. I would say, but I identify as an African-American. You have to respect that, don't you? There would be uproar that I even attempted to do that. So don't tell me that all these people that support and encourage identity and pronouns and identifying, it is very limited to the sexual realm. We are not letting people identify as anything else. And therefore, no one under the age of 18 should ever be permitted, let alone encouraged, to identify as anything other than their actual biological sex, because that is encouraging sexuality amongst minors in our public school system. And that's all I had to say about that. And there are plenty of just standard people out there, non-celebrities, that have been identified and will always be remembered in a certain way for what we call, you know, the whole 15 minutes of fame, which that term doesn't really apply as much anymore because of social media, YouTube, all that. Everyone can have their turn. Back in the day, 15 minutes of fame was like, you're lucky to get like a quick mention in a newspaper once in your life or appear on a news show or be interviewed on the street for a news broadcast once in your lifetime. That was your 15 minutes of fame. But like there's the Star Wars kid. So the, this kid's name, I want if I pronounce it correctly, it's either Gizlane or Jizlane. Jizlane. I live on Jizlane.
but Gislaine Raza. And he was wielding a golf ball retriever, pretending to have a lightsaber fight. And then people just started to have fun with his video. And if I remember correctly, he was like a pudgy kid. So that made it a little funnier. And his movements were a little herky-jerky and not so graceful. But he will forever be known as Star Wars Kid. That was his 15 minutes of fame. You have the double rainbow guy. The guy that saw the two rainbows in the sky and started crying. Whoa, that's a full rainbow all the way. Double rainbow, oh my god, double rainbow, it's a double rainbow all the way. Damn, it's a double rainbow all the way. Damn, oh my god. What does this mean? It's so bright, so vivid. Double rainbow, double rainbow, it's so dense, dense. What does this mean? It started even like a triple rainbow. That's a whole rainbow man. And then, of course, everyone took that video and started having fun with it, and he'll always be known as Double Rainbow Guy, even though his name is Paul Vasquez, or Vasquez, I don't know. And some of you may not know that he actually died in May of 2020 at the age of 57. Did you know that? No, all you know is this douchebag cried when he saw two rainbows. Double rainbow on the So we'll keep talking about the morning after pill since that's kind of what this segue is. And I will tell you that you can currently purchase that in an aisle of your local drugstore. You don't need to consult a doctor. You don't even need to go to the pharmacy in your local drugstore to buy it like you would if you wanted, let's say, like Sudafed, Max, or whatever. You just walk down the aisle. It's right where they keep the condoms and the lube, which is kind of odd. That's kind of like putting anti-diarrhea medicine in the taco aisle at the grocery store. Just in case what you're buying goes wrong, may we suggestive sell this item? I will tell you that one of the pills is called Plan B. Oh, that's a weird name. Plan B. And it costs around 50 bucks. I did look at what the average cost to raise a child is right now, and raising a child from birth to the age of 18 is roughly about $272,000. So, you know, that $50 Plan B pill, that's a pretty big savings. Now, condoms you can buy at any age. So technically, an eight-year-old could walk in and buy condoms from a gas station or a drugstore. Actual birth control for females, though, that has to be done with a medical prescription. You can get the Plan B with nothing and you only have to be 17 years old to buy the plan b the only exception to the rule of needing a prescription if you want female birth control would be you could go to like a planned parenthood and then they will provide that to you however in most cases it does require a doctor visit and then paperwork a written prescription having to go once a month to pick it up you can't just go buy it maybe less people would need plan b if you could just buy birth control in the aisle So, moving on to religion and faith, there's a lot of choices out there when it comes to your religion and your faith. However, as of 2021, I will tell you that only 47% of the American population considered him or herself faith-based. That means 53% of the people out there in this country don't consider themselves to have faith. I mean, maybe they have some kind of spirituality, but they don't believe in an organized religion or a specific God. And just like pharmaceuticals, there's lots of money to be made for churches and organized religions. And for the most part, they're completely devoid of any tax liability, which to me kind of seems to violate the whole notion of separation of church and state. Why aren't they required to pay taxes the same way as a small business that might actually be able to provide a service to more than just a small percentage of the population? So how much money do churches and religious organizations make? 
I'll tell you. In 2019, religious organizations earned approximately $128 billion just from offering and tithings. Oh, I don't know if you know what tithing is, but that's where you take, uh, I want to say it's 10 or 15% of your annual income and you give that money to the church in order to get God's favor. That $128 billion does not include additional revenue that these religious organizations and preachers make off of books, videos, DVDs. So they're raking it in. But going back to the tax liability, I will tell you that the average tax liability of a small business in the United States is 20% of their profits. So if we were to tax churches like businesses, that would actually make the government over $25 billion per year. That's two and a half times the amount they make just off our alcohol tax. But the problem is, is you have all of these politicians that want to consider themselves faith-based because they think it speaks to a certain faction of the voter and makes them look more wholesome and honest. And that's why they're not going to tax the churches, even though it would make them money. It's hypocrisy. So how many choices do you have? Well, obviously you've got a slew of religions, but just with Christianity alone, there was a study in 2021 that shows there were approximately 200 different denominations of Christianity. And of course, all of them think the other denomination is a bunch of morons. Protestants think Baptists are stupid. Baptists think Catholics are idiots. Granted, they're all worshiping the same God. In fact, not only are all Christians reading the same fucking book and worshiping the same God, but Jews and Muslims are also worshiping the exact same God as Christians. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above we Christians are just the only ones that add Jesus flavoring to their drinks. All right, that concludes the best of episodes 52 through 74. I hope you enjoyed that. Remember that you can go follow me on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Jeff Becomes Jeff. Until next time, I'm Jeff. Two. No, not two yet, Dick. And I'm Jeff. Almost like they're saying we know that we're about to just basically have a large, massive communal pile of shit and piss coming into this hole. So we're going to hit you with a stench that far outweighs the offensiveness of the giant, massive communal pile of shit and piss. Good night. To the devil and I prayed And I showed him the mess that I made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of fire And said can you turn the heat a little higher Cause I've been burned and I've been burned Times over, but he just covered me with water. So I went to the Lord of the sea. Say, won't you come wash over me? Cause the roads and the woods have been winding a million times over, but she receded from.
evening I saw the guy on fire And said you don't need to keep me alive Cause I've been burned so many times I'm like lava And then I covered him with water From the lady of the sea I told her you don't need to rescue me no more, no more Cause the roads and the woods have been winding But now I know where I'm going going there <laughs> well i'm not going there i've been there and that's the last time <laughs> ever move on 